Welcome to this week's edition of Oot Naboot, the podcast within a podcast where we discuss history that we see Oot Naboot and in action. I'm Keely McCavitt, and sat here with me, as always, is Robin Mullins. And not as always, Tom Bigelow. Special guest, Tom Bigelow. Thanks for being here today. Pleasure. So, to start off, I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions. First of all, would you consider, this may be a really silly question, but would you consider yourselves repeat museum and heritage site visitors? Like going to the same one over and over? Yeah, again? like you enjoy going, like you make an afternoon of going to the museum. To the same one or different ones? Both. Two-tier I, question. <laughs> so I liked, I really enjoy the Currency Museum in Ottawa. <laughs> I used to go there a lot. Uh, I haven't been to it as as re- as much in recent past, but uh, yeah, I've I've definitely been there upwards of ten times, um, possibly more. Uh, one fan. <laughs> however, when I'm on vacation, while my husband and I do a lot of walking tours, we rarely, if ever, go to museums. Hmm. So we we might go to different sites. But we very rarely go to museums, with the, I think, only exception really being um, one in New Zealand when we it was raining and we had nothing else to do. And then we went to the museum for the Parthenon because it's amazing. And mm-hmm. if you go to Athens, you have to go because it's it's amazing. It's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So that, that'll be a yes and an occasional yes for tra- traveling Robin. <laughs> yeah. Traveling Robin <laughs> wants to get away from <laughs> Robin on the go. Yeah. <laughs> And what about you, Tom? Yeah, I can certainly say that I'm a repeat offender of uh, attending museums, especially in the Ottawa area. Um, having a small child on a rainy day, uh, you, you tend to go to museums a lot. Um, but even as, as a grad student, I think uh, I really became enamored with certain museums. Um, and even working at a few, I think I became quite uh, um, fixated on certain museums. So as, as uh, you may know, I've previously worked at the Aviation Museum, and that's one I, I love to go back to. And uh, it always kind of feels like going home to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, and uh, I, I do miss working there. But uh, the other kind of museums in the area as well, the uh, History Museum, as it's now known, of course, and the War Museum as well. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to those locations. Uh, certainly, yes, as a student and for kind of research purposes and, and, and that. But now with a, a young child as well, I, I do try to make a habit of, of taking him and uh, uh, you know, there's always something cool to see, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think that in the years to come, we'll we'll be continually going until he tells me to stop and please, Daddy, no more. Right. But, uh, <laughs> he hasn't; he's not that articulate yet, so I got some time to go. Right now, you have a truly captive audience. Well, it's kind of easy, you know. As long as there's shiny things you can look at, he's pretty happy, and as long as he can run around and kind of be crazy, he can. He's, he's pretty happy as well. And uh, unfortunately, most museums uh, in the area, the larger ones, do afford that uh, that space. So obviously this is a very biased sample size because we're all interested in history and culture. Myself, every time I go to Toronto, I go and I try to go to the AGO to see the funerary beads that they have. They're these tiny, tiny, tiny little carvings and I love them so much. So I always have to like put in a window of time, give them my money, go visit the thing that I already know is there that I've seen a million times and just enjoy being there and then I leave. (laughs) So one thing... That we've all experienced, mostly in Canada. I know in Europe, in some places, it is different. But when you go to these places, you pay to get in. There's an admission fee. Has that ever been, would you guys consider that to be a hindrance? Has that ever stopped you from going somewhere? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think certainly um, knowing that, uh, or hoping anyway, that uh, the funds that you pay uh, help to keep that museum operating and will hopefully also mean that they can continue to have uh, new exhibits and, and traveling exhibits coming. 
you just hope that the funds that uh, again are, are being uh, paid for admission are being good put to good use. And I think again we're a bit of a biased sample size here, but I think we certainly would be happy to see you know museums being able to to use these funds for for the good and, and for our benefit. That being said, I do very much take advantage of the free Thursday evenings uh, ah, here in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> so here in Ottawa, I believe it's after 4 p.m. most Thursdays mm-hmm. throughout the year, you can actually get into almost all, if not all, of the museums and um, view the different exhibits. Usually there's, if, if there's a traveling exhibit or a special exhibit, that might still require you to, to pay some money to see it. I know at the National Art Gallery, usually you have to pay a little bit extra to see those exhibits but it's a really great opportunity so i love it and mm-hmm. i frequent it a lot <laughs> nice giving discounts having those free nights um having special promotions is usually seen as a very good way for heritage sites and museums to bring not only more people in but to introduce people who maybe can't afford usually to go to these sites in and to have them continue to return would you think offhand that that is an effective model? Like, you enjoy going on Thursdays for free. Did you find, like, would you think that more people would be coming? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think if people get their foot in the door uh, on a free evening to see something, they might be uh, impressed with what they see and encouraged to go back. I know when I worked at uh, the Diefenbunker, for example, in Carp, uh, just outside of Ottawa, we have a lot of visitors who come with uh, passes from the library. Uh, so they would get free access because it had this library pass. And, uh, you know, we always hope that, well, if they at least got to see the exhibits, and again, a lot of them had young kids, you know, maybe this will be something they'll do again, bring their kids on a rainy day, or again, we had uh, different uh, exhibits uh, that would change over time, so perhaps they'd be interested in coming back and, and seeing what's different. I would think that it would work really well with people who maybe live in the region, uh, because they would be more likely to know about those discounts and the free admission nights. I don't think someone who's just traveling to Ottawa for the week is going to know necessarily that on Thursdays is the day that you should go to that museum that is maybe a bit out of your price range that you would normally go, and then you get to enjoy it for free. Um, so it might not impact travelers or tourists as much, but I would hope that within the region it would. <laughs> so the surprising thing, which is kind of the theme of today, is that through research done in the States, it's actually been proven that it creates a dip in attendance, which is, that's not what I thought either. (laughs) So the chief market engagement officer for an American firm called Impacts Research and Development, who collects data and does analysis for 244 visitor-serving organizations within the States, uses the data that is collected by her organization and distributes the findings making them anonymous, removing the names of the different institutions to not-for-profits on a free online platform that is called Know Your Bone. Um, And she has this really massive online platform. She does TED Talks. She does presentations at universities. And she calls herself kind of a double agent. It was very interesting getting a little glimpse into her world. It was very, very showy and online-y. But her website is very informative and it does take market research that is relevant to not-for-profits and other heritage institutions and makes it available. Using data found through the ongoing NAAU, or the National Attitudes Awareness and Usage Study, using a sample size of 108,000 American adults, as well as impacts combined data from their 244 American organizations, so that includes museums, historical sites, and zoos, Um, they've come to the conclusion that discounts do temporarily raise foot traffic, 
but it mostly just brings in repeat visitors. So as you were saying, like you enjoy going to the art gallery, but you've gone more than once. So people who already know that they like the museum and the site are more apt to take advantage of these. So from a business point of view, which was a little cringy, she's arguing that um, it's devaluing your experience by saying, here's a discount. It's like devaluing the institution, which I was kind of like, eh. I, I guess I wasn't, I don't really look at these things from a business point of view myself. But I do think the research itself is really interesting because it's incredibly relevant, I think. You think of the barriers that may stop people from coming to different heritage sites. And usually, you know, one of the first things is, oh, I can't afford to go. So then you're trying to bring people in to have them come, but it's not actually working, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess there's some truth to the idea that if you're a traveler, you kind of have in mind that, you know, if I'm going to engage in some kind of heritage visit while I'm visiting a place, it's going to cost some money. Um, So I think you kind of embrace that to an extent. Obviously, if you're traveling on a budget, you know, that might be a bit different. But um, I guess there's something to be said about promoting yourself and not kind of putting a discounted price on your tag on yourself as well. Maybe that is a more effective marketing strategy in order to say, hey, look at the glitzy stuff we have rather than saying, hey, it's cheap. Come inside. Mm-hmm. I could see certainly if, if a museum was constantly having promotions on and always having discounted rates or always having Groupons, if, if those still exist, um, but always having these, these discounts available, then it you'd be less likely to want to pay full price, right? And maybe that's what she's getting mm-hmm. at. Not necessarily the idea that people just don't want to pay for it, but that in an attempt to try to make it so accessible and accessible as much as possible, if you're if nine out of ten weeks you have it discounted, then no one's going to want to come that one week where it's full price. Right? Absolutely. I mean, and as we alluded to earlier, there might be some people who only visit museums on Thursday evenings in Ottawa because they know it's free. Mm-hmm. Or they might only wait until they get the, the free library pass to go. And, you know, why would I go anytime otherwise? Because it's just going to come out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think this is really interesting is the constant battle that museums and heritage sites having to bring people who are typically alienated, especially by more traditional um, museums specifically, is the one that I always grasp for, for an example. Um, but other heritage sites as well, is to bring those people in and to have more engagement and, you know, have better educational programs. But one of the really interesting quotes that she had that I really agreed with was that being free or discounted is not the same as being relevant. Being free or discounted is not the same as being welcoming, which I think is incredibly important. And part of the data that she shared as well showed that continual promotions and target so not like different ones over and over again but kind of a long a long, doing the long con if you will of a promotion <laughs> um, where it's not just a one-off as well as specific targeted programming for different community groups not only changes um, the long-term positive effects that that has on a museum as an institution but it also widens the base so having a cheap night is a really quick like a good way to bring people in right away. But if you're looking to create a wider membership base or bringing alienated people in, you need to actually change what you're doing. So I thought that was really interesting because people say that a lot, but now the data side is kind of backing it up. Mm Because I feel that budget is a big challenge, of course, for every institution, but it's, I think sometimes that is used as reasoning for not changing. 
like broader scale things. Right. And... Absolutely. Hmm. I think that's quite interesting. I mean, it seems to be suggesting that the simple fix or the quick fix to, to saving money or, or making money would be to, hey, let's just make a free night. But what ultimately would benefit a museum is actually doing the core work of a museum, mm-hmm. really kind of putting the effort in and reaching out to the community that you're trying to, to have come and, and see things. And it might not be the, the cheapest method or cheapest approach, but long term, that actually might have the greater ramifications and the greater financial benefit to your institute. And it might just end up with a better product at the end of the day as well. Mm. However, there's always the option to install a haunted basement yes. or uh, make it into an escape room like the Diefenbunker has. <laughs> so, there, there are many ways to try to make money. <laughs> or you could do Fort Fright. Like, <laughs> Fort Fright. <laughs> like Fort Henry in Kingston has done. All, the, all things that we've talked about in other episodes. <laughs> It always comes back to Fort Fright. Oh, I can't handle you guys. I need a safety (laughs) amulet. (laughs) What about you, thrifty listener? What are some good examples of museums and heritage sites doing promotions or new programs that you think have brought people in? Have you gone specifically to one of these places because it's been reduced in price? Were you surprised by the findings today? If you've noticed something interesting, Utnaboot, that you would like to share, send us an email at podcast at nohistory.ca or reach out to us on social media at Notice History. Your topic could be featured on our next episode.